Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. Now, whatever's happened to you along your life, well, first of all, it's not really who you are. Take today's guest, for example. He grew up a scrawny kid in the Pacific Northwest wilderness, God's country, living with nature. Back then, you wouldn't have known him from anyone else. And through his self-realization, he learned how to free himself. Now, wait, you think you've heard that before? Just give me one minute. We're going to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit with Chris Duffin. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to get you very successful. We want to help you grow your business to a high sustainable level. Well, meet Chris Duffin, once homeless, today a co-founder of Kabuki Strength and one of the strongest men in the world. He speaks about strength and human movement. He's a world record holder for deadlifting a thousand pounds. Yeah, a thousand. I think that says enough. Let's get into it. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hey, Tony. Looking forward to talking today. Chris, we're all looking forward to helping our business grow through the entrepreneurial spirit. I've got so many questions, but the first thing that like caught my attention is like, once homeless, how did it all happen for you? Well, it's not really a once. It was, you know, by the time I graduated high school, half my life had probably been homeless. So growing up, you know, my, my parents just wanted to create a life, you know, outside of normal society. And this was in Northern California. And we ended up, you know, six years old, I'm living in a tree fort in a wilderness, you know, we got beams lashed up into the trees, right. And there's rattlesnake dens all around. So, you know, what do you, what do you do? You teach your six-year-old how to fend for themselves. So I'm being taught how to capture and handle live rattlesnakes because that's the environment that, uh, that we lived in, you know, no vehicles. And the, the thing people may not realize it's like, oh, you could go, oh, that'd be great to, to live that lifestyle. But when you're, you know, out there, a lot of people may not realize that it is the, the other characters that you may run into might not be out there for altruistic reasons. So you know, over the course of my life, which this is actually covered in uh, my best-selling uh, memoir, The Eagle and the Dragon, ran into and dealt with some pretty <laughs> difficult things. So I dealt with murders, a serial killer, human trafficking. I mean, just some basically nearly every type of trauma at some point or another. And got taken by the state for a while, ended up getting back with uh, my parents in uh, Central Oregon and kind of stabilized a little bit around high school, had a, at least a mobile home to live in and it had running water. It had electricity, didn't have a kitchen or doors or things like that. So we threw up some sheets and threw up some two by fours to uh, hold up a sink. But that was finally like a little bit of stability. You know, I was still dealing with a lot of drug and alcohol abuse in the home. And that was, you know, if you looked at me at that time or looked at our family, you would think that I'm going nowhere. You know, I'm going to end up on drugs, in prison, dead, or maybe still living in the wilderness. And that's honestly a lot of the people that I grew up with. That's where they ended up being. And my viewpoint was a little different. I believed, and actually, this is, I had this done at 18 years old. I started at this tattoo, it's the eagle, and it covers my, my chest, my stomach, my back, goes all the way down to my legs. And so, which is the first half of the book, the eagle, uh, it's, there's a shackle around my ankle and this chain wraps up around my body and there, it's holding two eagles that are really trying to escape and take flight. And that was, that was my view at that point in the world was that you could fly to whatever heights that you wanted. The only thing holding yourself back is, is you, you're yourself. And, you know, unleashing yourself from that can allow you to find your strengths. 
and your abilities. And so I ended up getting a full ride academic scholarship to go to college. I went to school for a dual engineering degree. Was also a state level athlete uh, as well, but uh, chose to go to a school that didn't have uh, athletics because it was the best uh, for the academic uh, scholarship for me. And pretty quickly, I ended up actually taking custody of my three younger sisters because things at home got even worse after I left. So by the time I was a junior in college, I started the process of, of bringing them in. And so it was, uh, yeah, it's uh, my, my, my upbringing was definitely outside of the norm and the experiences that I had without diving into a lot of uh, detail is very different than, than a, than a lot of people. And it's given me a pretty vast scope of what experiences in life that a lot of people wouldn't have. Because then I went from there to working up, you know, getting out of school and advancing my career. And at that point, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was working for other companies. And I advanced to this executive level where I was brought in and, you know, I do turnarounds for companies. I would, you know, get a company fixed and prep for sale. Uh, I did this work for 15, almost 20 years before I moved into kind of doing it on my own. And again, that's just like a, a just a vast different experience seeing these extremes of, you know, working at that level, developing that level in the corporate world versus this upbringing that I had where, you know, to, to bathe myself, you know, you'd go down to the stream and fill up a gallon jug of water and set it out in the sun on a rock. And at the end of the day, you could dump it over your head and you're catching grasshoppers to feed them on a hook so that you could go fishing during the day in the, in the stream, catching brook trout and, you know, find a few mushrooms that, you know, cause you're very skilled in knowing what's good and what's not to, to be, that's like the preparation for, for the evening meal. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's where a lot of my, my viewpoints around the things that end up really forming my approach to what I do from an entrepreneur's perspective. And you're like, how is that case? How, how does that connect? Right. What I learned was not only this piece that you discussed on the opening, that you are not defined by the things, the external things that happen to you. I'm the person that's this way because I have alcoholic parents. I'm the person that's this, I'm the person with a bad back and I'm going to be this way. I'm the, the, all these things that you don't have control over. The definition of yourself and who you are, sure, it's impacted by the adversity and the challenges that you have, but it is defined 100% by your actions and your responses to your environment. But sometimes like too much trauma, too much stuff at, at one point can be a little overwhelming and it can take us down and that's, that's okay. We can understand and have those experiences. But this is also an important thing that ties to uh, the strength aspect that you talked about. There's the Guinness World Record right there behind me. Uh, a few of the sports teams I work with. And it's all around, that's all around this development of physical resilience. And, but it goes beyond that. It's this development of mental and emotional resilience. And this is how you get to be a better businessman, how you get to be a better leader, how you get to be a better parent, how you get to be a better partner, right? The things that I do now with managing multiple businesses, the stress that comes with that, all the other things that happen in life, I wouldn't be able to do this 20 years ago, right? It's just like a workout, right? If you go in and just absolutely crush yourself beyond belief, it, you, you're not, not going to be able to move if you haven't done it before. Like I, you just walked into the gym and you, you, know, you got rhabdo and now you can't lift. You're in the hospital, right? That's too much. But if you'd done a little bit, you challenged yourself to the point you, you know, you reached up, you know, to the, to that level of like, you know, peering over the cliff of like, ah, oh, this is, this is close to the edge of my capabilities, but I didn't go past it. That next workout, you can handle a little bit more mentally. You're like, I get that last one. I could take that a step further next time. And that's, that's life. And that's how we build this resilience and how we build our ability to perform so much better at this higher level because you can't just walk out there and do it 
Now, everybody has a different baseline. So you can say, oh, XX person went and just jumped in and did this. Well, to overcome the trauma that I had as a child, I had a, a probably a little higher baseline to handle stress than other people, but I didn't have the level to handle what I do now, right? So to get there, it's always this pushing yourself and challenging yourself and feeling that fear, feeling that, uh, you know, I'm on the edge. Like, that's okay to be, you need to, you actually need that. If you don't, it's like, here's a great example. I use workout stuff quite a bit for this, but like, if you, if, if, if you go to the gym every week, couple days, you're going to make progress, right? And if you take the weekend off, you're going to cover, maybe you go on vacation for a week, you come back, you've still got it. Now, if you go to the Bahamas, and you stay there for a week, and you go, that's nice. And then you stay on the drink beach drinking Mai Tais for the next six months, you come back, you're going to be soft, you're going to be soft of body, you're going to be soft of mind, and you're going to be soft of soul. And so that is going to be, you're going to have trouble stepping back into the challenging work environment where the week off might've been enough for your recovery to feel refreshed and ready to, to reinvigorate because you've got to recover. It's very different from uh, the hustle porn that people promote out there, which is just like, just go burn the candle at both ends, how hard you work. Like that doesn't work. That's the piece where I talked about it. It's like, you don't, you know, you don't, you, you can't layer. It's all about layering it just one step to the next step and then recover a little bit. And then you can add. And over time, that's how you build to a level where you can do phenomenal things. It's absolutely amazing because I'm hard pressed at the adversity that you had, had, I'm just so hard pressed at thinking anyone who's had more adversity and more trouble. And it's absolutely amazing. I think, which is, a, a, it's just not even the right word. It's extraordinary that you wound up, to do what you're doing and you're successful at it. And I have so many questions about it, but, but what I get, what I want to make sure, and it's like chasing rattlesnakes and getting rattlesnakes is like, it's just, it's mind boggling. I've seen a live diamond back outside our home once. And it was like, that's a pretty big sucker. It's like, you've got some cojones, uh, but you're trained for that. And I think that that training, that wilderness training may have set you up, but I'm just, really so surprised. But one thing I've got to make sure I, I, I find out about is you made a business out of weightlifting, out of strength, strength training. How did that vision evolve to actually turn it into a business? Yeah. Well, let, let, let's take a step back to the rattlesnake again. Like, so imagine you're sitting there six years old, you've got a rattlesnake, you're, you're holding it, you've got its head, you know, each side of it by its mouth, pinned between your, your, your thumb and your forefinger. And it's, it's wrapping around your body. And guess what? You're afraid. There's no way you're not afraid, right? But the lesson there is if you succumb to the fear, you're going to die, right? You're going to freak out and do something. It's going to strike and kill you. But if you also don't respect the fear and give it the respect that it deserves and you're careless and overconfident, you will die as well. Right? So those are, I just want to, since you brought that up, I'm like, there's everything about it, there, there. There's lessons along the way that teach you that. And so <clears throat> what I learned, you know, over the course of my career is really understanding the things that bring me value and that I have passion for and that really is understanding like what is what is entrepreneurship and what should it be to me entrepreneurship isn't an avenue to big riches maybe that happens maybe it doesn't but what entrepreneurship is is the ultimate expression of art in the world that we have today so by that i mean it's it's our ability to actually take our values that we have and the perception of what the future is going to be in the mix of both the values and your vision for the future and bring that into reality today and express that with what you're doing and share that in the world. And that, that my friend, that's, that's art. And 
And so if we take a step back from that, it's like, that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like that is so much more rewarding. And so, so really the, the piece here is to really understand like, what is it? It's not looking for a job that can make you a bunch of money, but it's a way of how do I express my values and change the world in the way that I want, right? How do I also, you know, get the greatest value of living life, which is to experience that through the connections with others, right? So how do I, as I'm doing this, bring those people and those connections into my life? And so I learned in my corporate work, the things, some of those values, which is for me, I really love motivating people, having an impact to have them be able to go out and accomplish more than that they thought was possible themselves, right? So this aspect of, of, of leadership, connection, motivation is a huge value of mine. Uh, continual learning. You know, I definitely was always exploring this. But the things that I really missed was the ability to have creative expression. So I had different hobbies where I was designing and making things. And, and it was just like a big gap for me. And I also knew over time that I could have a, a much bigger impact on this world. And so what do I want to share? And I want to share the messages and things that I'm talking about here. And I was starting, so I was starting to do this. You know, I was running corporations, but I owned a gym on the side. And I was doing, because of one of my values, I was doing a lot of uh, continual uh, learning. I was taking courses in the the clinical world, clinical continuing ed, even though my degrees are engineering, so that I could become a better athlete, a better coach with the, the people that I interacted with. And I started connecting the dots because I, I ended up building a relationship with a lot of the key thinkers out there, the ones that are writing the curriculums that is being used in the books that are, that are used uh, in the curriculum for physical therapy, chiropractic schools, you know, like the lead uh, spine biomechanist in the world, um, arguably one of the best uh, uh, physical therapists in the world, one of the people that brought the, a key proponent of, of uh, developmental kinesiology to the U.S., a um, bunch of these people. And, and I started connecting the dots with that and what I was doing in the training. And for a long time, so much was done wrong in the training world where it was, again, kind of like the, the hustle porn in the business world, like just work through the pain, just, just crush it. You, you know, you show how tough you are, just get to the, you know, and that was, and I was leaving a lot of people broken. And I was like, man, if we do this right, we come up better, more resilient to be able to handle the stresses, the unknown things that aren't going to come our, that we don't know are coming our way. And so I started producing content just because I cared so much about this and putting it online. And so I was doing this, writing articles, doing videos, and I was starting to get feedback from around the world. Like, oh my God, you've changed my life. Sounds overreaching, but you know, if you've been in back pain, you know, like how impactful that can, that, that can destroy your life at the time. And you feel like you're going nowhere. And so you take somebody that really enjoys a physical component of their life, take that away. And then they're suffering in all these other areas. And with some some words and some videos you can return that that's i knew at that point i'm like this is my calling this is where i'm meant to be and and so with this mindset of around how to move properly it's both uh components of uh you know basic physiology but also understanding the impact on neurology there so it was a lot of mixture of different pieces coming together I started also creating equipment that facilitates that, that takes what we've been doing in the strength training world, instead of shoving everybody through this, you know, lesson that we learned in preschool, right? The round hole goes in the, the round peg goes in the round hole, the square hole goes in, square peg goes in the square hole. You know, we were shoving it. Everybody fits this. Everybody needs to move this way. Everybody fits this one piece of equipment. And that was like, let's respect the individuality. Let's understand the basic principles of development here. And so I started de designing equipment and it was, it's like, there was a point I'm like, I, this is what I meant to do. And it was a hard call because I was at a point in my life that I was really well paid. I was sought after for what I did. And I walked away from that for the unknown. We're I talking away about from that. Yeah. 
We're talking about the entrepreneurial spirit with Chris Duffin, and you can find out more about him and get his book at chrisduffin.com. And this Chris is the C-H-R-I-S, Chris. Duffin is D-U-F-F-I-N, chrisduffin.com. Chris, this is just absolutely amazing. And I'm thinking, and you've just touched upon that, is like you have so much going and you also have had so much adversity. I'm really curious at this point, what motivated and inspired you to keep going? Perhaps you have a very strong purpose to do this. I want to open this up. Why did you just keep going? What what made you keep going? Yeah. So the purpose was definitely there and I'd been feeling it for quite some time, but it was the fear. It was the twisting in the gut. It was the signal to me that that's where I should turn. Because again, we take a step back and we understand how do we keep growing and moving forward? How do we handle the difficult things that come at it in the, us in life? It might be, you know, a, a discussion with a business partner that you don't, you, you want to avoid with your, with, with your life partner, with a family member. It could be going back to school. It could be starting your own business. It could be all these sorts of things. And so when you get this mixture of fear and, exci and excitement twisting together in your gut. This is the signal that it's a learning opportunity. It's the thing that you should chase to advance yourself. And we have like biological urges that drive us on this early in life. As you're getting into a teen and you're getting, you know, that, okay, I've got the comfort of the family, but it's time to like get out on my own. And like, you know, it's fear, but you have these things that drive you there. And then it's the same thing with pursuing a, a relationship, right? It's that same mixture of like, oh man, there's a hot number over there, man. I, I don't, I, I should talk, but you're, you got this, but then you've got this biological thing that drives us there. And the same thing with moving on and creating a family. They'll be like, I'm a hundred percent ready. No, it's a mixture of fear and excitement. But then what happens? Then you're in your thirties. And then what do you see? So many people literally do nothing with their life from then on. It becomes stagnant because they lose these biological urges that are driving that. And they end up just repeating, you know, sitting, sitting there working a job that they don't really care for, but it's comfortable and gets by. And then they're not fully engaged with their kids and their family. And then, you know, the weekends it's, got to get out and play some golf or drink some beers, you know, and, and just next thing you know, you turn around and you're retiring. You're in a retirement community. And then next you're like, wow, I've got all these regrets and I'm at the end of my life. And I'm like, I wish I'd done so much more. Okay. So the lesson here is to, to feel those moments in those micro moments because those are your opportunity. Those are your workouts. Those are the times that you get to go. There's something I'm going to, and I can't guarantee like, ah, Duffin said I should go start a new business and it didn't work out and I failed. He's wrong. Well, not every one of these is going to work out the way that you want, but it's the right decision. If that's the feeling, because it's the, it's the thing that's going to advance you and make you ready for the next one. And then the next one, and then the thing you don't anticipate that comes out of nowhere on a random Tuesday and sideswipes you and you're not ready for it. You don't have the resilience to handle it and you shut down the business opportunity that comes at you and you're not ready. All those sorts of things. And so, you know, some people kind of have this ingrained in their nature and a lot of those are entrepreneurs, but we still get habits of comfort. You know, you get to the end of the day and it's like, God, I should, I should hit the gym, but you know man, drinks at the pub sounds a little better. And, and, and then all of a sudden that becomes a, a, a way of life. And I'm not saying not to do that. You need to take time for having the relationships. And it's a matter of like, what's the understanding those purpose. So, so anyway, we'll get back to. <laughs> it's I'm the on purpose some, that drives you. I mean, it's why, it's why you get up every tangent, day. Exactly. So, so there's a few different things there, but for me, I, you know, I knew the corner, you know, those big drivers for me in life, what are my values and how can I create that around me and then have that draw the people to me that, that I also want to have in my life. Right. 
So, and sometimes those values can be counter to each other too. Like for me, there's definitely some, like obviously, uh, uh, you know, a sense of challenge is, is something that's really important. Like I always want to explore that. I'll be honest, like, you know, ego aside, like, yeah, I like recognition too. You know, that is a value for me to be recognized for the things that I have accomplished. Continual learning, like I talked about the, you know, the, whatever we call it, leadership motivation doesn't have to have one word, right? But this, these are feelings. These are things that you can never actually have. Sense of family is massive for me, right? And I, I use the word sense of family very explicitly because you can have family and not have family, right? Or you can not have a, you know, blood relations of family and have family too. So sense of family, community, what have you, but talking about the, the things that work against each other, like for me, like security, like I do want to make sure that my, that there is a level of security for myself and my family, knowing what I've been through in my past. And does that work very counter to like a uh, challenge and accomplishment? Uh, heck yeah. Right. Understanding is so critically important. So if you focus on things like, and again, I'll get back to the hustle, the hustle, uh, the, the hustlepreneur stuff. Like they're always like, go get the things that you want, you know, earn your jet and your car and like, you know, screw the haters and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And if you focus on it, those are things like if I focus on a specific career, I want to be an NFL player. I want to be a doctor. I want to. Well, what happens if you want to be a surgeon and you destroy your hand? Well, same thing if you want to be a, you know, an NFL player, right? That those things can be taken from you. But why did you want those things? Why did you want the mansion or the, the car if that's what you connected to? Well, if you don't understand that the reason that you actually wanted those is because of security like me, you could put yourself in a situation where you over leverage yourself to get those things. And now you have those things, but you've actually done the opposite of what your value is. And you're hating life. You're depressed. You've got all sorts of issues. And you go, well, why, why? I, I, I've got everything that I wanted in life. And, 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 and it sucks. What's happening? Well, and same thing. Like, maybe I want to be an NFL player. Why do you want to be an NFL player? The recognition, maybe the challenge, maybe the, like, whatever, take, sit ego aside and ask yourself and start peeling back the layers and ask yourself again, like the five why process is what I really encourage people on this, you know, spend a few months really like get to the next level and then ask why again, until you get to these things that are no longer things, because now it's like, oh, if I don't have that, there's like 200 opportunities of other areas that I could chase that would give me the ability to express those same values. Absolutely amazing. Chris, one of the things that caught my attention, because we, we started off talking a little bit about vision. I talk about vision. <clears throat> we're, talking, we're talking about your talents. You're well known for being strong. You teach people how to be strong. You're all about strength, Kabuki strength. And yet your title is Chief Visionary Officer not CEO. And I think that's so amazing because you're all about getting people, as you're just saying, to go for that vision. And that seems to be the motivation, that inspiration, that drive to get what they want. Yeah. And it's not uh, a change in title. Actually, I, I did this and wrote an article. I think it's in Forbes uh, on uh, the chief visionary role and uh, the, the entrepreneurship is a level of art. Uh, piece, but um, gosh darn it, I can't. There's a there's a really famous uh, writer, Simon Sinek. So now I see he's got this thing of like you should have a chief visionary instead of a CEO. And I'm like, you're missing it. You're missing it entirely. It's a yin and yang, right? And you see this with many very successful business startups. And through the early phases, first few decades, it's oftentimes a partnership. And you've got more of your chaos element, your, you could call it feminine energy, your creativity, and then you've got your structure and your operations and your discipline, right? And 
and, and it's a yin and a yang and to be really elicit that. And so I used to be the yang. That's what I did for companies, but to really switch and allow myself to ability to have that creative side and that expression, I let myself shift into that. So I have a CEO as my partner, right? And in the future, when he retires, maybe it's the CEO working under me as I continue in the chief visionary role. There's a lot of different ways, but I need to have that balance because if I try to be this one thing, but also encompass that other role, you're, you're working against yourself to some level. Some people can do that successfully, but I think a far less. Uh, so if you're the one raising your hand going, no, that's me, you know, ask yourself that question, you know, or would you be better served? If you allowed that, and again, you know, it could be CVO and a COO, you know, operations, or again, a paired partnership role. But once we get to a point, and this is key to entrepreneurship, because entrepreneurship requires the ability to be able to think differently, to be able to pivot as the, the markets change, to be able to, so you see like these companies that did really great and they grew to macro levels. And then you, now you've got corporate CEO, you know, over next CEO, over next CEO. And then all of a sudden the market changes and all of a sudden they're gone. They're obsolete after being around for 50, 70, 100 years because they couldn't shift because everything was all about how well do we run the operational, the discipline, the, the structure, and they lost that element of it. So this is more critical because if you're an entrepreneur and you listen to this, you've already got that piece covered, but be thinking about the future because, you know, as you're thinking about who's going to take over again, a lot of people end up going with, well, this is because you've got this person that runs the company so good. You know, you've got somebody that moves up through the accounting side and they roll into CEO and, you know, and, and that can happen for a while, but things change, things hit us. We need to be prepared for adversity. And so having the yin and the yang, the, what is it? Oh, it's the basic nuclear, like kind of family structure as well. You know, like there's, there's a lot of, and I'm using yin and yang, like, cause it's, it's been around for a long time and the, they work in concert, these energy levels and these, you know, this approach to life, having one, or just one or the other. So if you've got a pure chaos only leader and no folks that like, well, if you have that in your company, you probably know what the problems are. <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you're, you're always, you're always pivoting and structuring and never able to really focus on this one area. Right. And I so, like that, Chris, it's, it's yeah. the balance. You need both. You need drive and take care of the daily, the weekly, the monthly production, but you also need someone that says, this is where we need to go. And that gets lost. I've been a CEO. I've run a company. Execute, I've worked execute. in corporate. Yeah, yeah, it gets lost. It totally gets lost. So you've got to you've got to keep on that vision, and that's really important for us entrepreneurs. Remember, and with that, and you mentioned the, just a little bit, I'm wondering how you've used that to handle like some huge challenges. So let me ask you this: I don't think we've talked about it yet. What was the biggest challenge you've ever run into, and how did you take care of it? Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> you know. I have an interesting story to tell you. All right. So <clears throat> I have, uh, I, I was preparing to have the biggest, like in the strength world, like performance total that had ever been done. And I'd been training for this for like eight years and then four years, very specifically where it was like right there. And uh, it was getting to the edge. I was getting pressures from the family as well to uh, to retire. And I'm like, okay, finally, there's the one last one. I promise. This is it. Nine months from now, we're scheduled a meet. Had the you know had you know we're planning to have the uh, all the judges and everything. I mean, this is planned almost a year out, just so that it would fit my schedule, so I could show up and do my thing, right? And one of my good friends, he was, you know, he was working in the same office. He had another business. Uh, he's also a, a, a pretty big author. Uh, but anyway, he was there, you know, with me the whole time. We get to the day of the meet and some things went wrong and it didn't happen. And basically I bombed out of the meet. Like I didn't even get a total. And my friend, he tells me, he's like, afterwards, he's like, 
uh, it was a happen. He's like, I was about ready to throw up. My gut was tw- like, I just like, and I was like, he's like, I didn't know how to approach you, like what to say, but I walked up to you and you looked up at me and you started telling me about all the the things that this exciting things that you're working on next, what you're going for. And, uh, and so it's good to reflect on, you know, the past and the failures and what we can learn from that. And I know I didn't answer your question, but there's an important lesson here too, is that it's there. A lot of people that are really successful also have the ability to shift their focus, to learn, to learn, but not let that eat up their psyche and their energy for the next steps. Do you know what the next steps were? My next steps was to no longer compete in the sport of powerlifting and chase these all-time records, but to focus on what I, the primary thing. So if I have a global look at the body, uh, the highest level of priority is the ability to control and manage spinal mechanics. All right. And to dip, to demonstrate that there's two basic fundamental movements the squat pattern. Every able-bodied person at nine months of age has these patterns ingrained. They get by nine months, they're able to finally move from a crawl to a, to a squat, to standing, uh, to a standing position. And it's integral to our, our neurology and our developmental patterns. And the other one is the deadlift, the ability to pick up something off the ground. I'm like, I'm going to do something that no one's ever done before. There's like five or six people that have squatted a thousand pounds and five or six people that have deadlifted a thousand pounds. No one's ever even come close to doing both because you're kind of like, you got long arms, you got a short femur link, you're, you're kind of biased, right? And I'm like, I'm not biased for either one of those, but I'm going to do a thousand pounds on each one of those lifts. And not only that, to make sure there's no question, I'm going to do them for reps. And it took me five years. The documentary movie is about to come out next month, um, the final part of it, uh, which is the 1,000-pound squat. I did a 1,001-pound squat for three repetitions. The first rep of my deadlift, because it was a sumo-style deadlift, which is different than a conventional. It doesn't really matter, but nobody had actually ever done a sumo deadlift. But I actually did it for three reps. They only count one for the Guinness World Record. Uh, They don't have the repetition thing there. But it's an unduplicated feat of strength. Uh, that demonstrates the methodology that I teach and the practice of like somebody like me. I've had back pain, back problems so bad in my past history before I learned the stuff I do that I had to learn to walk again. Like I was in a hospital. I had drop foot for six months. I was in a walker to to advance the walking position. And I came back to squat and deadlift a thousand pounds for reps with no back pain through those systems. And so, so that was the the grand goal. I called it grand goals. So my grand goal was to demonstrate the philosophy of what I, what I teach and its execution to motivate people to be able to accomplish that they can accomplish. So what you think is unreal. So at the beginning is I didn't even tell the public what I was going for because I'd be ridiculed. It was so off the charts that I would have been laughed at. And uh, that's how crazy it was that you could accomplish that. And the third was everyone, everything I did along this way was paired with a charity. Uh, so it was fundraising for things that are very, uh, you know, so for like teens that have been sexually abused for, uh, uh, homes for homeless mothers for, we did one for, uh, um, uh, uh, childhood cancer research. Cause my business partner, his, one of his grandsons, uh, was going through, uh, uh, going through that at the time. So every one of them was paired. So it was three factors with the grand goals. Um, anyway, a little bit of a <laughs> little, little tangent, but I, I, I think that this is more valuable, uh, uh lesson here. Uh, well, to, I absolutely love it. I love it. You know, and- learn, learn from those things and use those for adversity, but take your energy and focus it on things that you can accomplish can't change what just happened. I think one of the key things that you touched upon that I want to accentuate is, is getting something done and just getting it done and then telling the world, this is one of my models that I do a lot. I don't want naysayers and people to say anything. I just do it. And then I tell about it because then you could say, Hey, I did this. And it's just, 
and then so, you, you get nobody blocking you at all. And it's such a and you will, And you will. You'll have so much negativity, even in people that you think are close. So it's only very, very small people that if you have some grandiose plans, you keep them close. You don't need to tell people. And this is actually a frustration of mine, especially in the public. Like, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to do this. I'm going to just wait. You're going to see. And, and, and then it's become happen. a culture. And I don't like, I didn't even, so when I talked about, it, I wanted to set that goal for the, you know, for the powerlifting. I didn't even tell people at the time for years when I was going to a meet, because then I get questions about, well, what's your, what records are you going to go after? What numbers are you going to get? And I'm like, it's, it's not for you. That's for me. So all of a sudden I just show up and do it. Right. Oh, I love it. And then the, the grand goals, I, you know, I had to say something so people would say, but I just said, I'm going to squat a, da- a thousand pounds. I didn't tell them I was going to do it for reps. I didn't tell them that a or sorry, I was going to deadlift a thousand pounds. I didn't tell him I was going to do it for reps until the day of, because beforehand my people are finally like, you're way too strong. You're going to be doing more than a thousand. What are you actually going for? And then I did it for reps. And then the same thing with the squat, you know, I, a few years finally rolled by and I'm like, okay, I'm going to chase a thousand pound squat as well. And then, you know, as it got closer and it became evident when I was actually squatting over a thousand pounds in training <laughs> that uh, I'm like, okay, we're going for reps too with that. But you keep like, because you're going to have so much negative energy and you're fighting that and the focus and the other stuff. Like who is it for? Exactly. Is it to feed your ego and have people go, Oh, that's amazing. Cause you're not going to get that back necessarily. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's a side topic, but you hit on something that I, I feel very, uh, I, I feel is a very important thing that I, that I've, I've thought about many times. Absolutely. Nobody can argue with you when you say it's done. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Now, almost against what I just said, I'm just curious because the thought came in my head. You, 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 you're not chasing for the records anymore. You're, 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 you're teaching other people on strength. You've developed a lot of amazing equipment. I am not a a weight trainer, by the way, I know you're going to laugh and I'm not, this is official. I am not going to ask you, I'm not, how many pushups you can do. I'm just going to tell you my record for me is 60 and I'm happy with that. We're not going to go there. <laughs> That's solid, man. That's and solid. The, the point there is that you have an aspect of physical culture in your life. To me, everybody needs to have some aspect of challenging themselves, body, mind, and soul. And I don't care. Like people are like, are your, are your kids going to be the next, they're going to be the next great weightlifter. I'm like, I sure hope not because that means I probably like directed them that level. They should find their own thing, but they should understand the value of having some physical culture, challenging themselves mentally, challenging themselves spiritually, like, or emotionally or whatever you want to think, body, mind, and soul. And if you focus so much and we see this particularly like in the entrepreneur world, uh, as well, or in the sports world where people focus so much on just one leg of a three-legged st- stool. And at some point that stool is going to fall out from under you. If you don't have those other components. That brings up another point. One as well. I was curious what you're going to be doing in the future. Cause you're developing a lot of equipment, but you hit another chord that I want to make sure I, 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 I hit first, I think, we're entrepreneurs, and because of the events of the past few years, a lot of us work from home, though entrepreneurs, usually you work from a garage or wherever you are when you start. <laughs> yep. But the point is, I think. That's uh, where Kabuki Strength started was uh, was my garage, by the way. So <laughs> There you go. There's more distractions when you work at home. There's more distractions. There's life. There's all sorts of stuff. And yet you've got to keep your, your life, your your business, and everything going. So I'm looking for wisdom as well of, how do you balance life and work? Yeah. So, well, first, I suggest that, well, let's talk about balance. My approach to achieving balance is not through moderation. I hope this is not a clean podcast because my methodology is to fuck moderation and to chase balance through chasing the extremes. And there's, there's reasons for this. If you're trying to moderate the level of work so you can, you know, you know, have some time with your family, like you're, you're tapering things back. And so the best way is to find the things that don't fit your values, the really important things in life and to cut that away. And one of the ways, if you don't know what your true values are or what is aligned with it is to pick the things that really do mean a lot to you and chase them. 
fully. So you don't find work-life balance by moderating either of those. You can find work-life balance potentially, and I'll, ex I'll explain why. Maybe this won't work for everybody, but you need to find where yours are by chasing those. And before I get into that, I'm going to talk about the squat. So if I tell someone, I want you to execute a squat absolutely 100% to a level of perfection, chase every last ounce, I'm going to critique every littlest thing. They're going to go, I should just do a body weight or maybe the bar. Uh, like I, I just need to chase that, you know, like it, but I, no, 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 no. Uh, I want that. Absolutely. No doubt. But I want you to put every last ounce of effort into that squat, leave nothing on the table. I want your soul in this. Oh, you mean forms to the wind. It's going to look terrible. No, I want both of those. Because if I don't explore the level of challenge and adversity, I don't find what's breaking. I don't find actually how to refine my technique unless I push the edge of the limits that makes me do that. And I can't chase the absolute perfection and challenge of that if I've got energy leaks. I got things that I'm investing my time or loss of form in that are allowing it. And what do you have? You create something in the middle that's beautiful, that no one's, and I did it. I squatted and deadlifted a thousand pounds for reps by doing that with amazing technique, nothing left on the table. Okay. Now, same thing. I know my values in life and I've talked about specifically what they are. And so when I moderated, I had a career, I had my gym and my performance lifting and coaching, and I had my hobbies and I had my family and I was always trying to balance these out and give a little everything instead of I'm all in what's important to me. And so I chased creating what I wanted to with a business. And what is that? What does that business encompass? That business encompassed the creative outlets that I had. My hobbies became it. My training became it. My relationships. I ended up drawing just these amazing people into my life that wanted to accomplish the same thing. My friends came to work for me. My friends I didn't know I had traveled across the world and came and worked with me. I found my wife. Uh, I found I found all of those things in what I do every day, which then allowed me to also give every more time to my to, to my family, like how much more time? I literally spend probably four hours a day more with my family than I did prior. I wake up in the morning. I spend my morning with my kids and my wife and we have breakfast and I come in. My wife might come to work with me. I might go out with her. I do my training at work. I do all these other things that fit that were all extracurricular after work. They're all there. So 4.30, 5 o'clock, I'm home. I might be doing a little bit on my phone or my laptop later on or whatever. And then I, I'll spend 45 minutes, half hour in the hot tub every night, maybe an hour with a glass of wine with my wife talking about our shared vision for the future. And to do that was so incredibly painful. What I had to do, I had to walk away from a very high paying career that, like I said, I was sought after high level of security. I had to change personal relationships and cut ties with people in my life that were that were not serving me. They'd been part of my life, maybe from high school or wherever, but they were not the right people. And I had to evaluate some very major relationships. I ended up choosing to leave my wife at the time as well. She was a great friend and partner, but that just wasn't giving me, I'm a passion is like an incredible piece of me. Um, if you haven't figured that out through this interview, but the, I'm like, I, I would rather not invest that time if it's not real it's not that so and at the same time is when i made the choice to quit powerlifting the sport i've been doing for 16 years and ranked number one in the world for eight years straight i walked away from that too and i reframed every so all these major things in my life i set aside and i rebuilt them i had no plan i thought i would be a single dad but I ended up drawing this amazing woman into my life. I, we've got, a, we have a third kid together. The family, the family's amazing. My, like, everything is there is so. It's just an entire another, another reality almost. Absolutely. That's my work life balance. That balance through truth. Because what it forces you to do is cut out the fluff. You'll quickly find the things that 
you don't have time that aren't that. And you have to, if you're going to truly chase those, they cut away. I've got another process for, for if we dive into that further. But anyway, balance through the extremes is a very interesting approach. And I've never heard another business uh, person really speak in that manner about this this concept. Uh, it should be in my actually, it's a piece of my next book, by the way. So it's that's very deep. We're going to have to bring you back for our next book, for your next book. Uh, we've pretty much hit the end of time here. Once again, we talked about the entrepreneurial spirit with Chris Duffin. You can find him at chrisduffin.com. Chris, absolutely amazing. I want to keep going. We should do a series. This is just, there's we so should. much to talk about. I just want to we thank should. you so much for sharing with us and our entrepreneurs and businessmen in the audience. It was really great. I loved it. Anybody that goes to chrisduffin.com, there's a link to get the free Audible download of my book or the first part of my book for free uh, and then links to uh, my websites uh, if you have any interest to explore the physical culture um, and things that support that uh, as well. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We discussed the entrepreneurial spirit with Chris Duffin. He made a business out of weightlifting. He's for eight years, world record running. He's the strongest man in the world, deadlifted, sumo deadlifted, a thousand pounds. I am just so amazed at that. It's absolutely amazing. So I think if any of you don't work out, that's definitely going to inspire you and motivate you to do that. But, but hopefully a lot, lot more. His purpose, his passion was amazing. He had obstacles. You think you had obstacles? How about just being homeless most of your young childhood and teenage life? I mean, that's amazing. And he became such a successful entrepreneur today. He spoke a lot in depth, in detail, from experience on mindset, on setting goals, talked about leadership, motivation. He talked about being the chief visionary officer at his company and not the CEO and how both are needed. We talked about balancing life and work and so many great points. I probably missed touching some of those points. So let me ask you, what did we discuss that resonated the most with you? Tell us your story and please remember supporting this show with a nice review on Apple podcasts, as well as comments on the video platforms or wherever you listen to your podcast. Give some comments, give a review, really helps. I appreciate that. And most important of all, share this with a few friends to help them too, all right? Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.